Welcome to the Insurgents Podcast with Frank Viola. And he's brought a friend. This is the podcast that supplements Frank's groundbreaking book, Insurgents, Reclaiming the Gospel of the Kingdom, which is shaking up the Christian world. You can find out details about the book at insurgents.org. Sit back, open all four ears, physical and spiritual, and join the insurgents. Here's Frank. Welcome, everybody. We are here again, Denzel and I. Hey. Ready to launch another episode of the Insurgents podcast, looking at every reference to the kingdom of God in the Gospels. And we are still in Matthew 13, and I'm going to hand it over to Denzel, who's going to read to you the passage that we're going to discuss today. All right. Hey, our two listeners out there, we're looking at Matthew 13, verses 47 through 50. And this is the parable of the net. It's called in the New American Standard Bible. The title is A Dragnet. So let's read. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a dragnet cast into the sea and gathering fish of every kind. And when it was filled, they drew it back up on the beach and they sat down and gathered the good fish into containers, but the bad they threw away. So it will be at the end of the age. The angels will come forth and take out the wicked from among the righteous and will throw them into the furnace of fire. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Whoo! <laughs> Some of these parables, the graphic imagery, mm. weeping or wailing, as it says in the New King James, gnashing of teeth, being thrown into the fiery furnace. Wow. Pretty heavy stuff. And this is another parable that takes us to the judgment at the end of the age. In our last session, we looked at the treasure that was hidden in the field. We looked at the pearl of great price. We basically said in wrapping it up that we are saved by grace through faith, but faith reveals itself by sacrifice and our response to the challenge of Jesus. And here we have a fast forwarding Mm. to the very end of the age where there is a dichotomy between the wicked Mm -hmm. and the righteous, or the evil and the just. This just strikes me as very similar to the parable of the wheat and the tares. Yes. Only the image is different. And and again, I want to emphasize something that we said very early on. Jesus never defines the kingdom as much as he talked about it. Mm He never gives us a nice, crisp, Western, Aristotelian definition. (laughs) He gives us images and metaphors and stories and narratives showing us what the kingdom is like. Paul doesn't really define it either. He'll give a few descriptions of it, but he'll also say the kingdom of God is not. The kingdom of God is not eating or drinking. And then he'll give a description. But when you put it all together, you get the picture that this kingdom of heaven is an alternative civilization. It's embodied in Jesus. It's incarnated in his kingdom community, the ecclesia. 
and it is manifested by his rulership, his kingly reign. And those three elements really embody the manifestation of God's ruling presence, Allah, the kingdom. So here are some observations. We have here a reference to the end of the age judgment. Mm. Everyone will be judged by how they responded to Jesus Christ and his kingdom message. And those who respond to the kingdom message positively by understanding it, receiving it, believing it, are typified here by the good fish. And the Greek word for bad fish indicates that these are unclean fish rather than rotten fish. Mm. Unclean by the standards of the Old Testament law in Leviticus, where you had fish that possessed scales were those that could be eaten, but those without scales, like eels and catfish, could not be eaten. According to scholars, there were at least 24 species of fish in the Sea of Galilee, and many of them simply could not be eaten. Hmm. So this gets into the text where Jesus said, narrow is the gate, you know, few there be that find it, relatively few respond to the kingdom message, which is unfortunate. But you have here undue anguish, which denotes profound regret, this weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth, the consequences of which cannot be undone. That's very scary. I don't care who yes, you are. Yes. The idea of the finality of this judgment, mm. um, that you cannot come back from it, is unsettling. That's true. Um, nevertheless, Jesus is, in fact, telling us that this is what's going to happen at the end of the age. The angels will come forth and they will do the separating. Again, it harkens back to the wheat and the tares, that parable. Now, Jesus called his disciples in Mark 1.17 to follow him and I will make you fishers of men. So mm. the idea of the people who are being judged as being fish goes along with that, right? So the good fish are those who were actually caught into the kingdom and the bad fish are those who rejected the kingdom message. Those who failed to respond to the kingdom message were the unclean fish. And just like the wheat and the tares, there is no premature separation. Mm. The net is dropped at the end of the age. The angels are dispatched. And again, it reminds us of the wedding feast, yes. chapter 2210. So the servants went out into the streets, gathered all the people they can find, the bad as well as the good. Mm -hmm. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. I guess the main thing that strikes me here is that the wicked are picked out from the midst of the righteous. Mm. You, know, you have both in the net. Yes. The net is cast into the sea, and it gathers fish of every kind. And when it's full, that indicates the fullness of time. When time has become pregnant, and now the judgment has arrived, the net is drawn to the shore and sat down and the good fish are put into vessels and the bad fish are thrown away. And the angels are the ones who separate the wicked from the just. But the point is, is that the wicked and the just, 
the evil and the righteous are brought into the same net. They are in the midst of one another. The wicked are in the midst of the righteous. This is the mixture. Same thing with the tares and the wheat, right? They grow up together. Yeah. One of the running challenges in these parables is that understanding and action are tied together. If you go back to the parable of the tares and the wheat, verse 40 of chapter 13 of Matthew, the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so will it be at the end of the age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom all things that offend and those who practice lawlessness and will cast them into the furnace. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Going back to the beginning of chapter 13, you have the parable of the different soils. Understanding and action. And so again, I see mixture here. The evil find their way into the kingdom community. I can think of two examples of this from the New Testament. Remember the 12. Mm -hmm. You had Judas in the midst of the 12. He was one of the 12. He was one of the first followers of Jesus. He was part of the 12, and he was one who ended up being a bad fish, right? An unclean Mm -hmm. fish in the midst of the good fish. Paul, in Acts 20, warned the elders of Ephesus, Mm -hmm. quote, I know that after I leave, savage wolves will come in among you and will not spare the flock, even from your own number. Talking to the elders in Ephesus, even from your own number, men will arise and distort the truth in order to draw away disciples after them. That's Acts 20, verses 29 to 30. I have in the book Insurgents a chapter entitled, the hidden to visible kingdom. And I'm just going to read an excerpt from it. The kingdom of God is like wheat sown among weeds. The wheat and weeds grow together until the final harvest comes when the last separation reveals the difference. The kingdom is small and insignificant like mustard seed, but it will eventually grow into a large shrub. However, that shrub will draw birds (laughs) who will come and nest in it. And interestingly enough, you know, mustard seeds normally don't grow into huge, large trees. So that there, too, seems to speak of an abnormality. The kingdom definitely will grow so large it will take over the world. But also, it shows that they're birds, and we know birds are not positive (laughs) from the parable of the sower. And there seems to be an abnormal aspect of the growth which again shows the mixture. The kingdom is like a treasure and a pearl worth forfeiting everything a person has to obtain it. Yet the treasure is hidden and the pearl is created outside the sight of mortals, Mm. of humans. The kingdom is like a dragnet working underneath the water, unseen, but it will be pulled ashore so the fish it has caught will be revealed to all. The Mm. point of all the parables in Matthew 13 and in Mark 4 is that the kingdom of God lives in a hidden to visible tension. It works quietly, unobtrusively, beyond the perception of mortals, but it grows slowly and steadily until finally, when the king returns, it will overcome the entire world. For this reason, if you follow the daily news, you may be tempted to ask, where is the kingdom of God in the midst of all this chaos? Mm. Rest assured, the kingdom is advancing, but mostly in secret. But as more people join the insurgents, that advance will escalate and become more noticeable. And the real revelation 
of who the sons of God are. They will be manifested mm. at the end of the age. And the revelation of who the bad fish were mm. and who the tares were will be manifested at the end of the age. And when I read these parables, Jeffrey, mm-hmm. I don't look at them from the vantage point of, oh, those poor bad fish or those poor tares. Mm. You know, I look at this and I say, Lord, <laughs> may I not be deceived. Amen, somebody. Because I want to be part of the good fish. I believe I am, right? Amen. But I want to remain true That's right. to you. And I do not want to be deluded. And may I be, may I always be wheat in your field. Mm. There is an arrogance that is associated with people who are self-righteous, mm-hmm. many of whom are false converts. Mm. They're part of this mixture that we see yeah. in these parables, mm. the leaven hidden in the dough. But on the other hand, there is the virtue of being secure in our relationship with the Lord and in the salvation that he has given us, the eternal salvation he has given us. There's a paradox there. On Mm -hmm. the one hand, we can securely say and confidently say, I'm the Lord's, he's mine, he knows me, I know him. But on the other hand, in humility and meekness, Lord, may I not be, keep me from being deluded and Mm. deceived. I do not want to be part of this other crowd by your mercy and grace alone. Yes. And those two can be true at the same time. Amen. That's right. Amen. They can be. You know, as I was um, listening, you know, to you uh, share with that, you know, the net and this mixture of fish, and then the comparison uh, in a previous podcast where we talked about the wheat and the tear, and they both look the same, they both grow the same, and you cannot tell the difference until they reach maturity. The wheat brings forth fruit and tares cannot and so i started thinking about as you were talking waiting for my plane down a few days ago i was reading uh t austin sparks uh book the cross and the way of life Mm. and he brings out the principle of the cross starting with cain and abel Mm. and how the lord had said to adam and eve if you eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you will surely die And when they were banished from the garden and the cherubim with the flaming sword was put there so that, you know, they wouldn't go back and get access to the tree of life and then live in eternity in that fallen state. Before the fall, heaven was open, but now they're closed off from heaven. Mm. And then the Lord says in Genesis 3, by the sweat of your brow, you'll work the land to produce, you know, food and fruit from it. So then... What uh, Brother Sparks does is that he takes Cain and Abel. And my piece with this was, it's like, wow, you have two men coming to worship, but they're coming from different places. And what he says is like, Cain was not, in a sense, a godless man or an irreligious man. Cain was not atheistic, ignoring or disputing or doubting or denying the existence of God. He came to the place of worship. Cain had worked hard and worked well. This fruit of the ground which he brought represented skill, energy, interest. 
It represented all that where Cain was concerned. It was the embodiment of his mind, the embodiment of his heart, the embodiment of his will. He had put himself into that fruit. And then he says, and then now Cain comes with this, this product that was of his own self-sufficiency, of his own self-righteousness, his own self-work, and God doesn't accept it. So then he goes to Abel. He says, let's pass over to Abel. And he says, you know, God has no favorites. God puts no handicap upon any particular class of person. Abel, so far as the ultimate fact was concerned, was just as handicapped as Cain is like that the door to heaven was closed. Mm. Death had passed upon all men, including Abel. Right. So he says, do not get romantic about Abel. His heart was no better than that of Cain in the sight of God. But what was the difference? He says, Abel accepted the principle of death. He surrendered himself to the great fact and came to God, not with all that he was, but in a substitute and a representative, another's life, not his own. In other words, Abel brought a lamb. He brought a lamb, a weak, defenseless, helpless thing, foolish, little and young, an undeveloped lamb, dead. And he says, could anything else represent nothing more than a dead lamb? But Abel got through. God opened the closed door for Abel. Why, he says, because blood was sacrificed. And what Abel brought was something that he could not have made the lamb be reproduced. God had to do that. And he gave the fruit of what God had done. And he accepted the principle of the cross to the point of not just shedding the blood of his lamb, but even his own blood Mm. being shed. And he says that right from the beginning, this principle of the cross, nothing out from ourselves, no fruit that labor and study of mind and heart could produce has a way through in the work and service of God. And so basically he starts off by kind of setting that up as the foundation from biblically from Genesis 3 and then 4 and then to Noah how that principle of the cross comes now corporately with seven other people and then into Abraham's life and so forth and he takes it from Genesis all the way through to Revelation. Mm. The cross as the way of life. So when I hear that and I I think of that because as I was sitting and reading this I'm thinking to myself yeah and I've thought about it that way. Both of these guys came, Cain and Abel, came to worship the Lord. They wanted to please God. Mm. And then what T. Austin Sparks brings out with, uh, with Cain is like when it's rejected, the Lord says to him, if you do well, you know what to do. Sin mm. is waiting at the door. So in other words, he had the instruction, whatever it was, he didn't do it. As you were saying, the response the response to the gospel of the kingdom and then his response and so the response getting back to previous uh, podcasts about the costly pearl the hidden treasure there's a cost Mm. involved salvation is by grace and grace alone but then there's a cost that comes along with that and our response and the response is the way of the cross of Jesus Christ and what he brings out through the book, things that I received from out of that was the continuous inworking of the cross in us is what produces spiritual maturity as Christ is formed more in us and keep going the way of the cross. So I heard you say like, yeah, me too. Like, I don't want to be in the group that's like, you know, at the end of the age, that's cast to the side, cast in the fire. 
And, you know, one of the things, and I love it, I, I grabbed this uh, from the uh, Insurgents uh, book and, and even some uh, conference messages you shared, brother, is um, he said, don't waste your sufferings, embrace them and embrace the cross. You know, in a previous podcast, I talked a little bit about, you know, some of my horrific past. And it's been a few years, but I like to keep that fresh because mm-hmm. there's no way I could have helped myself. There's no way I could have. I could have done whatever, anything for myself and maintained. It's all the grace of God. And then God even giving us the grace to embrace the sufferings, Mm -hmm. to even take that perspective, enduring and going through, bringing you through and just giving you that that hope Mm -hmm. that I know. And so I'm really enjoying as we uh, drill down in these, you know, kingdom you know, messages because like stopping and just like spending 20, 30, 40, 50 minutes in just these few verses and there's so much in there. And you could just read these and just like kind of glance over them or Jesus is talking about at the end of the age, you know, that net being cast down and then just like the wheat and tear, uh, the angels will come forth and do the separating. And uh, we don't have to go into the furnace of fire. We've been given that grace to uh, enter the life by the cross of Jesus Christ, the external work of that by his blood. And then now we can mature and go on into fullness of life, into maturity in Christ, being filled with the fullness of Christ Mm -hmm. by the continuous inworking of his cross in our lives. And, you know, from my perspective, Brother Frankie V, that's why I love hanging hanging out with you, man, and, and other people I was telling you about, you know, at the Deeper Christian Life Network is being around people, you know, that the Lord has given that revelation. And, you know, we're all responding in, in our own, wherever we're at, but, but just understanding that principle, it helps me even see more the writer of Hebrews says, you know, to encourage each other while it's still day. You know, because you, you might be on top today and Jeff is down, you come and encourage me and the next day the roles could be reversed, but we encourage and edify and strengthen one another. And one of our um, our heart, the, the mission, and I love Frankie V's heart in this Insurgents podcast is that this would be a blessing to the body of Jesus Christ and that as people hear these uh, podcasts and uh, go deeper into them and uh, go deeper in with the walk with the Lord and and coming together with other believers that uh, we'll all be built up together in Christ to this glorious ecclesia that we have been blessed uh, to be a part of. You know, one of the problems that we see all around us and it is a temptation for any believer no matter how mature you are is when a Christian who really is sincerely following the Lord to have people in their church in their congregation in their life who also profess to be Christians but are creating all kinds of pain and heartache and havoc and doing things that are harmful and hurtful. And so many people who began to follow the Lord, seeing this, Mm. being the victims of some of this hurt and pain, whether it comes in the form of slander, lies, gossip, whatever it may be, end up leaving the community of the believers and even leaving the Lord. Mm. And the summary statement is, those Christians that I trusted, those Christians Mm -hmm. who I were with, 
were not real Christians. They're hypocrites, they're this and that. These parables in Matthew 13, to me, give a solution to that. Hmm. Because Jesus is telling us up front that the kingdom of God is going to have in the midst of the sons of the kingdom people who are false converts, people who are tares, people who are leaven hidden in the dough, people who are the birds taking up space Mm. in the tree (laughs) that came out of the seed, people who are bad fish swimming in the same sea as the good fish. Mm. And only in God's sovereignty, only in God's sovereignty will he separate the wheat from the tares, the good fish from the unclean fish. And I believe in the parable of the wheat and the tares, he explicitly says the enemy who sows the weeds, the tares, is the devil. Mm -hmm. In chapter 13, verse 26, it reads, But when the grain had sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares also appeared. Hmm. Right in the midst Hmm. of the righteous, the wicked appeared also. So the servants of the owner came and said to him, Sir, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? And he said to them, An enemy has done this. Hmm. The servants said to him, Do you want us then to go and gather them up? There you go. You want us to pull the tares up? Yeah. He said, No, lest while you gather up the tares you also uproot the wheat with them. Mm. Let them grow together until the harvest. And at the time of the harvest, I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares, then gather the wheat. There are two things here, I guess, that strike me. One of them, and I'm looking at all these parables, including the one about the dragnet. We should expect there Mm. to be unbelievers, false converts, Paul talked about false brethren, right? In and around kingdom people. Amen. In their midst, right? The mm. Judases, for example. Mm. The people who Paul warned the elders in Ephesus about, who would mm-hmm. rise up from among you. From among okay? you. So this business about, oh, well, I left the church. I left the congregation. I left the believers. I left the Lord because of those people. Well, hello, Jesus said they would be there. Expect it. He had it himself. That's good. The other apostles didn't say, hey, man, we're out of here because of this (laughs) Jesus. We're gone. Right? No, they said, okay. He's a tear. Yeah. We heard the parable yeah. of the wheat and the tares. He's one of the bad fish. We heard yeah. the parable of the good and the bad fish. So don't be surprised. This is all part of the kingdom and how it works. That's good. The second thing is, don't you try to pull up the tares. I know Let right. them grow together. Mm-hmm. And see, here is the problem. I have watched Christian people create a litmus test of fellowship based on their standards, their personal convictions. And if someone didn't check all the boxes, up, oh, they're tear, they're bad fish. What is that? That's attempting to pull up the tares, but as Jesus warned, you're gonna pull up some wheat also. Yeah. So every true servant of God who's doing kingdom work is gonna be accused of being a tear. They will be accused of being a bad fish. There is not a Christian in history who has been great in the kingdom of God, and I'm using Jesus' own wording there, Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
who has not been accused of being a false convert, a false prophet, a false teacher, from people who are trying to pluck up tares, and instead they were actually seeking to pull and uproot mm. real wheat. Wow. All right? And Jesus warned against that. The other thing is, trust the sovereignty of God. Amen. He knows what he's doing, and he uses the bad fish. Yes. He uses the birds who come and hover in the tree. He uses mm, mm, mm. the tares to perfect <laughs> the wheat and the Amen. good fish. Amen. And that beautiful seed that mm. produces 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. He uses these things. Yeah. He uses the work of the enemy yes. to purify his people. And come now on. we're back to the pearl. Uh, that's right where right. I was in my heart. How is gold purified? Mm. Fire. Right. How is precious stone created? Heat and pressure. How are pearls created? Being wounded. Enclosed in a space from which you cannot escape. Yeah, and it's dark. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but that is what God is and, doing. Uh, He's mm. producing gold, mm. pearl, and precious stone Come for on. the building of his house in eternity mm. in the New Jerusalem. My and we are part of that building. So... That's my takeaway when I look at these parables of mixture. Mm. And I hope it's helpful. I hope it's helpful to anybody here who's been hurt by another believer. I hope it's helpful to anyone who has had a judgmental streak. Yes. Judging people. Yes. Oh, you're yes. a wheat. You're a tear. Yes. And I hope it's helpful to anybody who's going through pressure, fire, yeah. or wounding. Yeah. Amen. God has a purpose in it. Yes, he does. In his kingdom. Amen. That's good. That's real good. That's good. I'm laughing. It's like I'm in my head going, hashtag A-H-A, aha. <laughs> hashtag aha moment. Yeah. Yes. Amen. I'm going to stop right there, but I will say that is very encouraging. Yes. Very, very encouraging. You know, also in my heart, it's like a Think it not strange when you fall into divers Absolutely. temptations and trials. Think it not strange, because mm-hmm. uh, let patience have her perfect work, mm. you know, in you. And God uses those things, those whatever people, whoever, but to what build us to make that pearl, to make that precious stone, to produce that gold, mm. to for His house. Mm. And from my perspective and and for me, then that's why it's essential that we preach and teach the kingdom of God along with, because it's all a part of it, the eternal purpose. Because if I have some level of understanding of the eternal purpose and that the father is building a house, a dwelling place, and his children are being, I'm part of that house then I can, oh, okay, the gold, the pearl, the precious stones. It was there in Genesis. Here it is back in Revelation. I'm a part of that. Mm -hmm. This is what he's using to do that. You know, he's allowing these certain things to be there. And there is going to be a great net grabbing up all of us. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be one of the ones that they throw away into the furnace. (laughs) And I don't have to be because he's given the cross to work externally to wash me and cleanse me of my sins, but then even more so that that cross is inwrought in me Mm. and transforming us into that glorious bride, that house. 
Amen, somebody. Amen. What a somebody. Christ. What, what a Christ. Christ. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. We will see you next time. God bless. God bless. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the Insurgents Podcast and give it a five-star review on iTunes. This will help others find it. Also, you can join Frank's unfiltered email list at frankviola.org and receive encouragement, challenges, and insights connected to the gospel of the kingdom. Remember, the insurgence has begun. Don't miss it.